welcome to episode 112 of Superform Gamescast. As always, I am one of your hosts, John, aka at Mr. Negative on Twitter. We've already got people following into chat. How's everybody doing tonight, boys? Doing good. I feel like the video is a little choppy. Is the video coming up a little choppy for anybody on the stream? Anybody watching? Is it a little choppy, or is it just it, me? It has been like that the past couple times I've noticed. I'm not sure what's up with our OBS, but I that's... don't understand what's happening. Uh, but anyway, you know what? I what? have found the cooler our guest, the worse our technical difficulties are. That is entirely yeah. possible. Um, it's uh, it, it was inevitable. Yeah. So speaking of guests, um, we have a very cool guest tonight. Uh, guy I've been trying to get on the show for a long time. Uh, Reed Albers, who is with the ESA or the Electronic Software Association for anybody. Entertainment software. Entertainment. Sorry. Entertainment. You're not the first and not the last to call it the electronic. I was going to say that for people who don't understand acronyms, but apparently I don't fucking understand them either. So. It's all right. It's okay, man. So, Reed, dude, uh, it's really awesome having you on, man. Thanks for agreeing to uh, come on and and shame yourself with us. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, just a quick introduction for people watching who don't quite know who I am. I'm I'm Reed Albers. I work with the Entertainment Software Association. Um, I'm senior manager of uh, digital media there um, and new media. So I mean, social media, the E3 accounts, which you're probably most familiar with, the ESA accounts and uh, a lot of the video and photo uh, and graphic work that you see from ESA comes out of my office and my coworker Melanie's office, who's kind of my co-pilot on the E3 account. So I don't have to be, I get to be 50% less funny because uh, she can carry the load for me now at E3. So I'm really excited about that this year. So Thanks for having me, guys. Well, and uh, I'll have to have um, I'll have to have Finn and Jay and 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 Zach uh, say hello in person because just as a reminder for everybody, this is the first year that SDGC will be represented at E3. Um, so we are we are really looking we are really looking forward to that uh, as well. Now now yep. real quick, there seems to be a video problem that we're having on the stream. It, Sounds about right. It looks yeah. so so it looks like so this is weird, right? Internet, I'm so like Reed's image on the stream is like really big and then you can see me but everybody else is cut off my my guess john is that it's uh it's just that um Reed uh, is too much man is not he's too much man for this podcast it's 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 like it's, 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 it's been my even though i have a i have a hard wire straight in i'm, I'm not using wi-fi so i apologize <laughs> no, no, no you're, that's you're fine okay. People didn't you know, come. Uh, the audio, the audio is, you know, people just come for these great voices, John. So precisely, yeah. yeah the, the, feed, the, feed, the video has been like this for like a month now. Yeah. They come for our nice audio and radio voices, like you were saying. Reed, I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. This, this podcast is a, is a trash fire, but, but we always have a good time. So you don't, know, don't, it's don't okay. Don't that, please. Don't. <laughs> don't. So, um, anyway, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll go ahead and kick things off uh, by talking about what everybody's been playing this week and. Uh, Reed, as since you're our guest, why don't you go ahead and uh, and kick us off, man? I'm gonna have to say I've been playing NHL 18, uh, Washington Capitals. The oh. Stanley Cup playoffs have been going on. Um, big Capitals fan, really happy about them making it past the Pittsburgh Penguins in round two. I'm sure we could hang a banner for that because that's you know, <laughs> who knows? That might be all we get to do. But really excited about it. I love playing the EASHL mode, which is the EA uh, Sports Hockey League. It's a five on five or six on six if you can get a goaltender. You you play like left wing, right wing, center, um, and I play with my dad, who's over sixty years old, and oh, we're fantastic. in like the highest division together, and we love it. And we get mad at each other when we don't do what we're supposed to do on the ice, and you know we talk strategy and we try to do stuff that we see the Capitals do, and you know it's just uh, it's, it's my favorite game to play right now, just because of the time of season, but also because I get to play with my dad, and it's just really special to get to do that with him. That's fantastic, dude. That's awesome. 
I was gonna make a cut about the Capitals there, but since you're, you know, since you, that was such a touching story about your dad, I'm not gonna do that. It's my armor. It's my armor. Guys, go, from those imagine, imagine if the Capitals and the Golden Knights make it this year to the Stanley Cup, like to the. So finals. when I was a sports reporter for the, uh, and I was covering the Capitals, George McPhee was the GM of the team. And one of the things I remember most was being at a Game Seven with the Capitals, and they um, lost game. They they had lost at home in Game Six, and George McPhee like grabbed his. Uh, suitcase as briefcase and was just like another effing game seven and like marched off and I was like oh wow that's like a sports GM getting mad at his team that's really cool so I'd I love it I'd love a uh, Las Vegas Caps uh, series for that exact reason the former J- general manager of the Caps against his former team so as a as a lifelong Blackhawks fan who over the past, I don't know, five or six years has gotten used to, to victories and Stanley Cups, like this year has been, this season, this past season was especially rough for me. You, so, can, go, you can draw your tears on your banners hanging from your uh, stadium. You know, <laughs> I, know. I think those days are probably done for a while, man. Uh, uh, Reed, that was a great start, man. Uh, anything else you're playing this week, or is that pretty much I've it? I've also been playing a little bit of Empire Total War. It's kind of an oldie but goodie, but one of my favorite games. I'm a big fan of the Total War series. I've always kind of just grown up with strategy games and those always being ones that I love to just play to kind of relax. And so right now I'm kind of on a Napoleon slash Empire Total War kick in that time period. Just really love the history from it, the type of warfare that you get to play in that game um, and the strategies involved. But if I had to go back further, I'd say Realm's probably my favorite Total War game. But yeah, NHL and Empire Total War, you know, hockey and war. Can't go wrong. I know, right? That's Empire and chocolate. It just goes so well together. But well, like, so, so that's interesting, right? Because, and this is actually a great segue into what Zach has been playing. Uh, you know, talking about strategy games. I know Zach has been playing that BattleTech. Um, yeah. So why don't you why don't you drop some knowledge on that, man? Sure. So uh, BattleTech is a game that I every time I think I understand uh, the systems at, at play and, and kind of what's going on, uh, it throws a, a new mechanic at me that makes it uh, a little bit difficult. But BattleTech is a strategy game uh, based on the classic. Uh, uh, I think the originally was a board game. Uh, from from decades ago, uh, but it was a successful Kickstarter game. Uh, it's a strategy game in which uh, you pick factions and you work with a mercenary group uh, to travel space to pay off your debts uh, and to align with different factions. Uh, it's it's really good. Like I think their their back of the box pitch is is uh, Game of Thrones meets Firefly, which I I kind of get. Um, That's dope. But yeah, the, the combat is is really visceral and, and fun. Uh, it's it's not the the mech uh, space lasers that some people kind of associate, even like uh, being Titanfall esque. A lot of it is like melee driven combat in these big hulking mechs, uh, mm-hmm. and it's really interesting. Like you you can manage uh, like uh, the individual pilots can get hurt. Oh oh, my stream did I, I'm still here. Okay, that was weird. It kind of crashed. Me, but, um, <laughs> You're good, dude. Great. Uh, but no, uh, so you can manage your pilots, but also uh, you can manage the weight of your various mechs that you bring into battle, the different types you bring in. Uh, it's it's a really good game in that you can casually play it for 30 minutes or you can spend an entire afternoon deep diving. Uh, Battletech's been great. And then I've been playing some other games that uh, can't quite talk about uh, until next week, but I'll look forward to talking about them next week. I know mm-hmm. what game you're talking about. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. You the old MDA. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 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 Those 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 fucking NDAs, man. But uh, look at you. There's no NDAs in the SCGC Twitter DMs. It's that's all I'm about saying. that. I don't know about that. <laughs> Finn and Jay. Finn and Jay. <laughs> so uh, we'll go ahead and we'll go with uh, we'll go with Finn. What are you playing? Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I've been I've been slowly wrapping up my God of War Platinum. Beat the game. Mm. Now it's just 
wrapping up all the side content. And uh, I've also been playing a lot of a game I can't talk about right now. But, uh... I was to Detective Pikachu! All this fucking secrecy! Uh, I mean, we, we've talked about God of War ad nauseum, so I don't want to focus on that, but I, uh... <clears throat> also been playing the beta for Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. If you like your weeaboo fighting games featuring Ruby characters from Rooster Teeth. I do not like them at all. I know I'm you do. Be upfront with you. I'm gonna send them to you. Please, please do. I'd, I'd love, I'd love if you did that. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, it's just been God of War and mystery game that I cannot speak of. But you know, you guys and your fucking secrets. I'm telling you, man. Jay, mm. Jay, what about you, dude? Um, I actually haven't talked about the games I've been playing like in a while on the show. It's been like a month or so since. You know, since there's actually been like video game talk on the show, um, <laughs> like like for anyone listening, like I've been like fighting for the segment become like come back on the show for like a month, and everyone's like, no, we don't have enough time. We have so like, many Jesus. topics, Jay. We have so many important topics to cover. I know, but like this this topic's always real. This this topic's always like nice and neutral, like so. Um, um, for those that don't know, SSX3 came like was re-released on the Xbox One two weeks ago. Now was it two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Yeah, I don't it's know. about two or three weeks. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so I've been playing that. That's been a blast. I also realized um, when it originally came out, the X- like the Xbox controllers were like totally different than the PlayStation Two controllers. I mean, controls. So like I've been trying to like relearn the game as I've been playing it. So I kind of suck right now. But um, it looks great on the Xbox One. It's uh, it's widescreen and whatnot. I mean, it looks good. It's it's a good looking game. Um, I've been playing MLB the 18 the show because I'm a huge baseball fanatic. It's great a great series. game. Fantastic. Yeah, great. Is um I've been playing Road to the Show a lot. Um, I was an 18 year old right fielder and I got called up to the MLB and I really like, I sucked, but I was doing really well for some reason. So like, <laughs> that's your origin story in uh, in the major league. Yeah, and like I had the um I had the wild thing haircut too from Major League the movie and like a big beard. It was it was it was a good time. It is a good time. Whenever I play the show, I don't ever make like me. I just make some caricature of a baseball player, like the really really large pitcher or like batter or something like that, and just have fun with it. I, I, I my my like like for like sports games like my players like my character's name is always Jay James because James is like my legal first name and Jay's like my nickname. So like. The announcer would be like, J. James. Like, it sounds like a fake name, but... I'm like, also not going to lie. That's, that sounds like an adult film star. I'm just throwing it out there. J. James there's that, there's, sounds... There's, there's actually a player for the um, New York Mets. His name is J. Bruce. And my middle name's Bruce. And my first name is J. So I always think they're, like, they're talking about me like, in real life. <laughs> um, and, and, <laughs> Buy MLB18 The Show is a great baseball game. Or if you have Xbox Live Gold, get um, Super super Mega Baseball 2. I've heard it's really good. The beta is the really good for it, actually. I'm not going to lie. And... Um, and the last game I've been playing, and this is the one I've really been wanting to talk about on here, is Yakuza 6. Since mm-hmm. no one else bought it, since it came out the same week as the other dad game, God of War. You mean the better yeah, game? I, I really think Yakuza would have benefited more from like a June release. Like, like I, I get why oh. they delayed it, because I'm sure, I think it's like the manufacturing of their premium editions like delayed it, but like it, it, was, it was such a bad time to release it. I'm not going to lie, um, there was, there's no, there's I, no I have about like, Please continue, Jay. Sorry. No, don't don't remind me. 
you know, don't, you, don't know you know, me. I know, it, you know, it's true. Please continue. I'm dead inside now. Jay's trying to recover. <laughs> Go ahead. No, 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 please continue. Talk about Yakuza 6. I want to hear about it. <laughs> Um, Yakuza 6 is a lot of fun. Um, you can definitely tell it's the first um, game in the series on a brand new engine. There's not as much to do in it as Zero, but like, I feel like sometimes it's a stronger game because there's not as much to do. And the fact it's like, um, set like in modern times and you can like save anywhere really helps, actually. Um, you, have to, you, have to take care of, you, have, you have to like take care of a baby, which can be fun, but also very irritating, which is what I assume taking care of a baby in real life's like. You're like, oh, man, I love this thing, but like, I, I also want to go buy some ramen. Like, please be quiet. Yeah, I had that same thought with my daughter. Like, oh, I was just like, damn, I want to go to the karaoke club, but uh, kid, can't do it. Like, damn, I want to go to the fight club, but I have my kid with me. Never mind. <laughs> this sounds like th- th- um, this but... sounds that that doesn't so okay this doesn't sound fun at all like i want to go to the club but my son is with me so i can't do it this is like a real life simulator it reminds me of dead rising 2 when you had to give your kid medicine like every eight hours oh god i hated that kill zombies and like not give your kid medicine i i gotta hate that i'm like why can't i just be a bad parent in this game <laughs> like why like why can't but... <laughs> just this is the apocalypse, son. Like, like you know, I, oh, that's that, that's really dark. But, anyway, please continue. But, 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 but real talk, the game's a lot of fun. Um, the game also has a baseball minigame in it where you have to, like, recruit players and actually play oh. baseball. So I guess that's, I've been playing two baseball games recently. That's that's something I would spend an, an enormous amount of time playing is a minigame right there. Like, a sports like, game with minigame. Yeah, it's definitely a game in the series that's like trying to like implement a lot of new ideas and a lot of them work, but a lot of them at times you're like, okay, like I feel like in the next game they can go more, they can push forward more of those ideas. Like, I don't know, like it's the last game in um, Kira's story, apparently. I haven't beaten the game yet, but like I feel like it's like at the first step towards like a new era of the series. So I'm excited. Um, I haven't played it in like two weeks because my life's been like hectic lately, but it's been fun i recommend buying it i reckon i recommend playing it playing it if you want to be a dad you don't like you don't like god of war or you don't like boring your life has been hectic i thought you said your wife has been hectic i'm like one that makes no sense and two you're not married so my 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 my, my wife has been hectic actually (laughs) my wife in my life so i started playing persona 5 again so like i have a bunch of wives now Oh, yeah. okay. No, no one will ever beat Chie. I'll go ahead and uh, I'll go ahead and take the reins here. Shut the um, fuck up! You know I'm right. Chie's whack. Chie is my high school incredible. girlfriend bought me a Chie poster, and it was really bad. Chie is the best. Threw it away in front of her. But um, so anyway, anyway, I want to tell you guys about a game I've been playing this week. One of the greatest 2D platformers of all time, and this is actually the first time I have ever played it. Um, so I never got the chance to. Was I dunk? Shut up and let me finish my thought. Uh, Donkey Kong. That was that was too rude. I'm sorry, Jay. Um, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Um, I am absolutely in love with this game. I've already finished the OG difficulty, just playing as Donkey Kong, where you got your you know your two hearts, and now I'm going through. I'm doing my Funky Kong playthrough. Um, Funky Kong is ridiculously overpowered. It's almost impossible to die so far, uh, based on my experience. If you're, you know, if you're Funky Kong, you can jump on spikes. You can double jump. You. Uh, I mean, it's just. He's such a fun character to play as. You can you can use him to bypass entire sections of the game that you would really struggle on as as original Donkey Kong. And in a way, he 
he almost breaks the game entirely, but I think that's kind of the whole point because Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze is extremely difficult, and I almost lost my shit uh, fighting the final boss in that game, which just uh, mm. uh, I, I I was I started I, I hit the final boss on my uh, Donkey Kong playthrough at around ten o'clock at night, and two and a half hours later I'm still trying to do it, and it's like you know it's like thirty minutes after midnight, and I've got to be up at six. I'm like I don't fucking care because I know. I know if if I don't do this tonight, I'm going to be sitting at work all day thinking about the fact that I didn't do it. So finally, at one o'clock in the morning, I beat it and I swore as loudly as I could. I went to bed, but I was still I was still satisfied because the game is just an absolute joy to play. It's beautiful in 1080p, 60 frames a second on the Switch. Uh, I played it docked. Um, and the game itself and the soundtrack is so fucking good. And it's got all those old school tunes that harken back to, you know, the, you know, uh, the original Donkey Kong trilogy on Super Nintendo. Uh, and when I heard um, Aquatic Ambiance for the first time remixed as I jumped into the water um, and I think it was Island 5, I was just like, I just had this huge smile plastered on my face. Um, and, and it's just one of those games that is so eminently replayable. Um, and that's going to become one of my go-to 2D platformers now. I guarantee it. Tropical Freeze is just a fantastic game. And if you have not played it, I highly recommend you go do it. And now is the perfect time, too. Um, and it also really speaks to the selling power of the Switch. Because it is already, sales-wise, it's been, a, it's been out, what, like a week? A week now. Almost yep. a week. Yep. And it has already surpassed what it sold uh, on the Wii U in its entirety. Um, that's, we could go, which is insane. Um, it's... And Retro Studios did a great job with that game, and so you know, kudos to them for getting the recognition they kind of deserve. It sold, you know, good on the Wii, but for it to, you know, the Wii U, but for it to get the sales, it's getting on the Switch and have as many people playing as they did. You know, kudos to them. That's awesome. They deserve well, it. Well, and you know, Reed, this is why you know, uh, people, and I totally understand it. A lot of people have complaints about the number of of ports hitting the Switch, right? And, and on one hand, I get it, but on the other hand, these are games like Donkey Kong Country, for example, that were tethered to a platform that nobody owned, um, and they're given they're being given a chance to shine. And now, given that the Switch has a much wider audience and a much greater mindshare than the Wii U ever could have hoped to have had, um, these games are, be, are not only being given a second chance at life, they're being given a second chance at sales uh, mm-hmm. as well. And I guarantee you, Looking at the success of games like Donkey Kong, Country Tropical Freeze on the Switch, and other ports that have sold well, you're going to see a lot more third-party support on this on the Switch going forward, especially ports of older Wii U games. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, I, I, I couldn't be happier about it. It's a great fucking game, and I'm happy to pay the $60 for it. For me, it's worth it. I can't wait till Nintendo Land gets re-released on the Switch. It really underscores just how poorly the Wii U did. It really does, yeah. I mean, when it, this is not the first time by a long shot that a game has come out on the Switch and immediately eclipsed everything mm. the Wii U did. And it's great because games like these need to be played by more people. And it was always a shame that they would come out on the Wii U and just be immediately lost to time. And it's why I'm really excited for, like, Captain Toad. I'm very I'm very hyped for that one. And you, we all will hope that Wonderful 101 will show up and get a It will. That's what I was going to jump in and say that, you know, the Wii U, it, 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 had, it, had a, it had its good life, but a lot of games for it maybe didn't get the exposure they should have or the recognition they should have because people just didn't own as many as many of the systems or they didn't have the Wii U. Now that Switch is so popular, a game like the Wonderful 101, it was fantastic on the Wii U. It was a great game. 
but it was a game that you i remember going to e3 and seeing and going like that's a game i want to play and the line wasn't as long as i wished it would have been for a game like that now maybe on switch be able to give it a new life put in new hands and also it's a little easier to play on the switch potentially yeah Yeah, i I agree and like Platinum's hard at work at uh, at Ban out of three, maybe they'll need extra time, and maybe that uh, wonderful one hundred and one can can kind of buy them some time. Maybe that's mm-hmm. us just wishing. The only that's thing that, that kind of that kind of bums me out is that, as somebody who bought a Wii U, one of the few, uh, it, I'm happy to buy a game a second time. Uh, but this was a litmus test for can Nintendo charge us sixty dollars for a, a visually improved game and and with funky mode? Uh, can they sell it and have it take off and like? It's already eclipsed sales, and it's sixty dollars. While somebody could go buy the the Wii U version for twenty bucks at Best Buy, so like, I, I expect more full price re releases, and that's okay. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's it's a good test for them. I would like for the delegation to know that on Appeals Court episode two, John did say that he would buy a copy of the Wonderful One Hundred One for SAC. So if Absolutely. it gets re released, you know what you're doing, John. Absolutely, no. Dude, Thank you I, for holding I, him accountable. I am. I, I you you it. heard it here, so I'm glad Jay called me out. <laughs> If the Wonderful 101 gets ported to Switch, as I think we all agree, it probably will, I will buy Zach a copy of it. I will buy him a copy of and it. It, although, it. It will be $60 for some reason. That although I be. still I still need to send Zach my 3DS so he can play Chrono Trigger because he has never played Chrono Trigger. Oh, I was hoping you forgot. No. Just, just buy, didn't, they, didn't, they, didn't they fix the um, Steam version? So like, the, the sort, eh, sort of, sort of. Um, just play the Steam version. Like, who cares if you're playing like the original version? Because I, I gotta jump in there and say, man, I own my Final Fantasy Chronicles disc for Chrono Trigger, and I wouldn't play it any other way. Like, it's just that was the way I played it. Like man. on the disc with the memory card, and I know I can just get it on Steam, and it's great on Steam. But there's just something about playing a game like that on the original system. It just feels nice. I knew. You know, I, like, I, 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 I knew Reed was a cool guy. I knew Reed was a cool guy. Okay. I'm just yes, out, yes, like... yes. Play play Chrono Trigger on the PlayStation One. That's the best mm-hmm. version. <laughs> so, so so actually you know what speaking of nintendo um this is a good segue into our first topic for the night um so as everybody knows on may 7th uh, nintendo revealed the details well not all the details but kind of the meat and potatoes of their paid online service which is going to launch in september um and there was a lot of reaction on the internet a lot of reaction on on, on you know era uh, and I wanted to sit. I wanted to talk to you guys about it. So um, the bottom line is: is Nintendo's online service uh, launches in September? I believe it was twenty dollars a year, if I am not mistaken. Uh, uh, launching with online functionality for games like Splatoon Two, uh, Smash Brothers, when that drops, which I guarantee, I think we can all agree, Smash is going to drop in September, right on top of the online service. Um, yep. We'll know yep. more at E3, but that's that's that. I'm calling that one now. Um, but the the impression I got is that one, you will not be able to play any of these games online, including games like Splatoon Two or Mario Kart, without the paid online service. Uh, cloud saves were the other big thing that people were talking about. Um, we're finally, and and you know what? I love Nintendo right now. The Switch, the Switch is my favorite console. I'm an old school Nintendo fanboy, but I will be, I will be the first to admit this is a feature we should have had on day zero. Cloud saves should have been there when the fucking thing launched and. We're getting them now. Great. Uh, it's not too late. But at the same time, there are a lot of people who lost their saves due to switch failures or dropping their switches. And so that's really mm-hmm. unfortunate. It's a shame that uh, it's kind of bittersweet for those people, I would imagine. And there's also the the um, lack of a virtual console. Uh, the virtual console brand, and I, I specify brand, the virtual console brand as we know it is dead. 
uh, apparently to be replaced by a Netflix-style service where we're going to get a assortment of games every month, starting with 20 classic uh, or, uh, or NES games. Um, and, and it's rumors... only NES confirmed right now, right? So like it's there's... only NES right confirmed. Now it's just NES, I think. Yeah, but so like the rumor is is that we're going to get Super Nintendo games and GameCube or and, uh, GameCube games and GBA games and, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, eventually, but you know, time will tell. Uh, but so let's let's break this down piece by piece. So right now, I mean, right off the bat, I will say that although I think I think the package itself has issues, twenty dollars a year for this is a very fair price. I really like to point out too. There's a family plan for like thirty five dollars a year, uh, and you can have yeah. eight people on that plan. Good. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, Jay, for reminding me. Yes, that that is true. So like so like as far as the as far as the payment structure goes, I think that's a really good deal. But here's here's the first thing I'll, I'll pose to you guys, and anybody can just jump in here on this. For $20 a year, I'm afraid this service is going to be utter shit. Do you just well, mean like the money won't be pulled in to like make a reliable infrastructure like you do with Xbox Live? Or... Yeah, I think to the Xbox Live example is, I mean, you, you pay online services, especially for gamers who are a little older and grew up with PC where it was always free, and you now are being asked to be paying for an Xbox Live or PlayStation or a Nintendo Online subscription. It's a little bit of a shock, but I think what we saw with Xbox Live over the years was that that money does go to investing into a better system, into a better network. And now Xbox Live is indistinguishable from what it looked like on day one. And I imagine that most likely is going to be what we're going to see at the Switch. It's going to look completely different in September 2018 or 2019 than it did in 2018. And that's going to be kind of the benefit of people coming to it and paying for it and engaging on it and showing them that this is worth it. It's worth having a robust online service for the console. Yeah, good point. I, I agree. I think my issue, Reed, is that Nintendo has never been known for their their savvy when it comes to implementing online functionality with their consoles. Um, excuse me. Man, I'll tell you what. This uh, this bourbon stout is hitting me really hard. So if I start slurring my words, I apologize. Uh, You're old, John. We get it. You're lightweight. You know what? You know, 37 years old is not that old. Okay, man? Like, please, come on. I understand that your game son... And you're young. You've got your whole life ahead of you. Anyway, uh, um, but I, th- I think my issue with Nintendo is that as much as I love the system, I have serious reservations as to the. I mean, let's face it, right? Like the like online functionality, chat functionality for Splatoon Two was a mess. You had to download the app on your phone. You had to connect the app to your headset. You had to. I and I, I, I just. I, I guess that's my next question. Has there been any mention of a baked-in chat function onto the Switch itself? No, no so the, what they're doing is they're taking that exact app, but now it's going to be paywalled. So if you want to even chat with your friends now, it's paywalled into the subscription service. Yeah. And like, again, a $20 paywall is, is not prohibitive. Uh, it's it's not a deal-breaker. Um, but we're also working adults, right? Like, to to a kid who plays Splatoon with his friends, 20 bucks is still a, 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 a bit of money. Um, but I think that's... I think. Twenty dollars is not a lot of money, and we've we've said that, and and I think it will go to infrastructure improvement. But I feel like we're seeing them lump in things that should be free to try to pad out a package that's otherwise a little bit lackluster. You're talking about cloud saves. So so I'm talking about about cloud saves, and I'm talking about like their their chat thing, which is like again, we'll just use Discord because that's the easier thing to do. Yeah, I remember Um, them saying that. That so 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 Discord is the chat function. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that Discord is the same thing, and it's free on your phone. Got it. Okay, like, right, I'm going right, to use my phone, okay, I might right, as well right. just use Discord. My question um, is, Zach, uh, yeah. the, the big problem people are having is uh, this, this news basically signaled the death of virtual console as we know it. 
Mm-hmm. It does not look like they're going to do virtual console anymore. It looks like they're going to try and do this new method uh, of slightly people, updated existing games. People are overreacting on that one. We'll There's see. been a massive overreaction on that one, man. Um, I, I, I think I, I'm just reserving my judgment for after E3 because I just yeah. feel like it might. This is something that maybe showing off in person makes more sense. It makes me wonder if it's kind of like when PlayStation. Um, when PlayStation had the Gaikai uh, streaming service and they wanted that PlayStation now be a very big part of how they were going to deliver games to you and they kind of walked that back a bit as if we're not going to focus as much on that because people didn't quite go to it. So I'm, it'd be interesting to see how Nintendo reacts, not just to the news, but the announcements and how people are kind of disseminating that information that it's just going to be NES games right now knowing that Nintendo's vault is so valuable of games and that's what people are always kind of interested in what they're going to do with. So yeah. I mean, I thought it was kind of like, like not like known, but like it was hinted that virtual console's been dead for like two years now. I mean, like yeah, and that's they've the been thing. selling these, they've been selling these products like the Nintendo Mini and Super Nintendo Mini, and they've been selling like Game Busters. Like, why should Nintendo stop doing that? Like, I why like I, if, if they if they can sell like eighty dollar devices and just like cram like some games in there, like they don't that they don't really have to license, then yeah, like they should just go for that. Well, right. like, and that'll, that's kind of interesting, too, right? Like, you bring up a good point of, like, their many consoles negate the point of, of, a, of a VC. And I think you're yeah. right, but, again, I, I still think we see Nintendo underproducing, especially with the NES, but that's kind of old news now. But, like, I, I think Reed brings up a good point, which is that Nintendo might walk back their decision on Virtual Console for things like GameCube um, because people already have uh, uh, the SNES and NES minis, right? So, like, the $20 bundle of, of, of games for NES isn't that tantalizing to somebody who already has an NES mini. But if they throw in Super Mario Sunshine, the game that everybody loves, uh, as a virtual console thing uh, down the line to see the $20 deal. I, it was a joke. It's I like Sunshine. <laughs> Sunshine's all right. But but I just mean that, like, you know, maybe, like, like, like Reed was saying, maybe they'll bring back these games that they kind of backed away from in order to sweeten the deal, right? Yeah, I mean, if you remember the early days of the Wii, I was a huge fan of the Wii's Virtual Console, and I like waited, I think it was every Tuesday, they put the new Virtual Console games up, and I would get up and like wait to see what they were going to put up, because I wanted to see, and I got more and more excited as they started to put more and more systems on it, and so, you know, I don't want to speculate for Nintendo, because obviously I don't speak for Nintendo, but I'd imagine that starting with 20 NES games on their system and seeing how those people use these games, also, you know, if you have an online subscription service and you're offering something and people don't go and use it, then it's kind of like, well, should we put any money there or really throw it out? I know, I, I know I'm going to use the NES games a lot. I know there'll be a lot of other people to do it too. So I'm just kind of curious to see how the service grows in that respect with the catalog yeah, like, in the vault. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like people forget, like, with, like, the Wii's virtual console, like, you didn't have to pay for internet back then. It was, like, a free online service. And, like, Nintendo was paying money to, like, license these games that, like, they didn't publish, like... The catalog for, on the, for, for the virtual console on the Wii was huge. And then, like, but yeah, I mean, like, online services cost money and it costs money to license games. And I'm sure there's, I'm sure they're still recovering from like the Wii U and whatnot. So, I mean, like, they got to play it safe. I mean, like, I don't blame them. Well, and, and, yeah. and I think, I, I think the one thing that people aren't considering is that, you know, back in 2006, you know, before, you know, the, the, the huge rise of Netflix's online service, like, you know, the, you know, like the virtual console made sense, you know, like it made sense to have a place to sell these games at a premium price and keep these classics alive. But now that everything is going, uh, I mean, everything is turning into a subscription-based service now. And so Nintendo, the the key wording for me was the virtual console banner. You know, like, like these games will not exist 
under the banner of Virtual Console anymore. You know, now we're doing Nintendo Classics. And so what I think you're going to see happen is I think it, it is going, it's, it's going to be simple. It's going to be an, an online service, and this will be rolled into the price of, of the, you know, Nintendo online functionality, you know, whatever they want to call it. Um, but uh, there will be a, a selection of games every month that will probably rotate uh, every few months. Uh, starting off with NES games, then moving on to Super Nintendo and GameCube and probably N64. Um, it makes sense. As a business model, it makes sense. And quite honestly, like, I've heard a lot of people complaining about, oh, like, there was a lot of, there was a lot of noise on the era thread about this, you know, when people were saying, well, this is why I bought my Switch and I'm selling my Switch. And I was like, well, then, if you bought a Switch because you wanted to play Super Nintendo games, you bought a Switch for the wrong reason. Um because, you know, I think the writing's been on the wall for this for, for a year now. And we have said on this podcast, the success of these consoles, these, these mini consoles, like, you know, you know, the NES Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic, mean two things. One, there is still a demand for classic games, for classic Nintendo properties. And two, their virtual console's dead. It's dead. Because Nintendo knows that they can, I guarantee you, uh, N64 Mini will drop this fall. You guys know it's coming, and it's going to sell gangbusters. It's and eventually we'll probably get these games on Nintendo's online service. Um, but it also time- begs the question, though, because like you're saying, is Nintendo is they're actively choosing to put games on a service and then release games as a kind of box or a uh, mini system. And it makes you wonder about whether or not people value the NES catalog or the experience like owning a super nes mini was a big deal for people because it was just like how they played i even said it earlier on the podcast when i said oh play final fantasy chronicles play the ps1 version that was that feels like the best way to play it for me um so you know i'm curious to whether or not there's almost like marketing behind it where kind of the older generation they don't necessarily want to log into not Netflix to play these old games, but they want to be able to do the old console, turn on TV and play it on a miniature console. They can play on anything. So it's right. just something that I've always kind of thought is interesting as people speculate about what may or may not be made in the future from Nintendo's uh, console catalogs. Yep. Well, well and, I, and like the last year has shown, like it's really the last, frankly, 18 months have showed it's really easy to doubt Nintendo and like, and then, like, and their track record in the past maybe suggests that that's necessary. But like, yeah, last eighteen months, they've done everything right, so they'll pull it off. We'll and see. I, I, you know, and you know, Zach, you know, Zach says they're going to pull it off. I think we can all agree that regardless of the problems that may be present in the online system or their chat functionality or their their app, um, this thing they're going to make a lot of money off of this. Everybody's going to want to play Smash Brothers because you know that's the game that they're going to launch with this. You know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would imagine that would be if it, if it's not if that's not launching with the online service, it would most likely have to be coming sometime Christmas or in the spring afterwards. It would be it, it would be kind of you would not want to launch an online service without the the online game. It reminds me of Xbox Live and Halo Two. That was like that cemented once that once Halo Two was on Xbox Live, people didn't complain about the service to be anymore. They wanted to play Halo. Yep, yep, yep. And, and I, I think I think just like Halo Two, uh, uh, you will not see. If if Smash Bros. Online is struggling with at, like in in tandem with this launch of their online service, uh, it's make or break, right? Like I, I think people's first experience has to be strong, and that's the same thing with Halo Two, right? Like if Halo Two had flopped, if the online service with Xbox Live flopped, like that would have been a big big deal. So we'll see if Nintendo can do it. Uh, like as long as they're launching it with something like with like you know a property like Smash, it, I mean it's going to sell. I mean people are going to sign up. I mean I was iffy 
I was iffy about it, but I'm going to sign up. I mean, it's it's Smash Brothers, right? And and it is Smash Brothers is basically Nintendo's Halo. Like 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 yeah. if you if you own a Switch, you're going to pick up Smash Brothers and you're going to want to play it online because that's the whole point of playing of picking up Smash Brothers. Um, I mean, I mean, besides playing it with your friends in a local multiplayer setting, which is what how most people play nobody Smash does nowadays. that anymore, Jay. You yes, they do. This. Nobody does that anymore. I have not. Yeah, I can't tell. I can't tell you how many times I went over to a friend's house and they're playing Smash in the living room with like like six people there's pretty much smash set up at all times in the esa office i mean it's just like one button push away on some of our lobby tvs i'll take yeah, a like, photo i need to come you. get a job yeah. at the esa reed yo yo dude i'm, I'm looking man i, I want to get out of my current job so if you're yeah like, like, like yes yeah, smash is still like highly popular as a local multiplayer game like hell i think it's popular i think it's more popular as like a local multiplayer game than it is like as an online game Yep, it's exactly one of those games that. that really plays well locally. It can play well online, but the reaction of what happens in the game and sitting next to the person or the person across the room, it's one of those, it's like GoldenEye. GoldenEye had that about it. It was just a game that played so well with groups, and then when you took the online, when you took it and made it online, it was still fun uh, through, like, mods and stuff like that, but I always remember GoldenEye being a sit-down play-up game, and that's kind of how I remember Smash, so. But Smash Online... That's, I mean, that's the that's the game that is going to sell that service. Yeah. So, so there's actually a good question in chat from from our friend uh, uh, Mitty, um, she, and she had asked Zach, um, and this is a good question because I don't know the answer to it. Uh, is there messaging functionality at all baked in? With like this I online said, service? like I said, I I don't think the current app has messaging in it, like text messaging. I, I think it's all voice right now. Uh, I I don't really use my my uh, switches online just because the only game. That really uses Splatoon, and I don't have many buddies who play it, and it's hard to do it. Dude, I play, I, I don't I play Splatoon every other day. Play with me. Yeah, I, I think it's just like a burden to, to match up with people is what I meant. But yeah, no, we we will see. Uh, I think, like like we were saying at E three, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to share some some details on it. So we'll, we'll see, Mitty. We'll see. Well, and, and here's the other thing, and I had seen uh, Anthony. Uh, and by the way, shout out to our our good friends from Continue Podcast, uh, Anthony Agnello from VentureBeat. And uh, uh, Wout McDutch, uh, the hashtagonist, our good friend, uh, doing the hashcast. Uh, he's in chat as well. Um, he'd actually, he was like, "Oh shit, you got, you guys got Thor on the podcast." Uh, <laughs> so, uh, fucking Wout. Uh, but um, uh, Anthony had mentioned something, something about compilations, and I think you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, right now, and I think I, you, Reed, for example, you told me if you agree, but I think if Square Enix for example, and this is just an example, we're to say, okay, here's Final Fantasy 4, 5, and 6 mm-hmm. on, on one cartridge. That would sell fucking gangbusters. Or here's Chrono Trigger on a cartridge. Or here's Final Fantasy 7. On a, or Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9 on a cartridge. Like, yeah. like, you just, go and ahead. I'm just spitballing here, John, but maybe like a Secret of Mana trilogy. I really, really want the Seiken Densetsu trilogy to oh, be never to be localized for for the Switch. That's I would fucking love that. Um, even though Secret of Mana doesn't hold up as well as some people think, it's it's still just a fun, uh, a fun, really, really fun, amazing game to play. Are um, you know Square? Could we really see no gears on the Switch? Oh my god, I would fucking holy shit! Or like Einhander, Square, give us Einhander back. That's Jesus. never going to fucking happen. Probably That's not. That's never going to happen. But I'm allowed to dream, Jay. Bring back Bushido Blade. No, 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 no. If you're going to bring back a game, bring back fucking Brave Fence and Masashi. If you're square, you know, Brave Masashi game, sucked. I feel like no one talks about this game anymore. Vagrant Story, anyone? anyone? Vagrant Story? Did you say Vagrant yeah. Story? Vagrant Story, Parasite Eve. Come on, guys. Vagrant Story is my jam. I'm an Ashley Riot man from my, way back. I, I, actually, my favorite, one of my favorite Square games from back in the day was um, Threads of Fate. 
Oh, that's a good one, Jay. I'm impressed. Yeah. I, ta- I, yeah. I I forgive you for your opinions on Final Fantasy VI. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I actually tweeted this out today. Not to get too off topic, but I really want Square Enix to bring Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions Edition to the Switch. Because it's I mean, like, just... guys, it's like playing Game of Thrones. I mean, the fucking plot threads in that game are just so incredible. Zach... They could just John, turn the phone version over, actually. John, I'm, I'm just, John, I'm just so sick of you turning this into a port begging podcast, which is really this what is, we... This is, this is the super deformed port beg cast, and a please. Yeah. Oh all the games. And, and, and all the publishers are like, so, you're begging for games to be remade now, huh? I mean, like, people like them. I like them. Yeah. I, I like them because... It's fun to have a remastered version of Shadow of Colossus on the current console I'm playing and know that it's taking advantage of it in some way. And it's convenient. It's just convenient. It's really, I'd say the, the, the reason you see a lot of remasters is it's convenient for gamers and it's convenient for the publishers. They get to remaster a game they've already made and they know they're probably going to make money off it because it was a very good game to begin with. Fans like it because it's more convenient. Play it on the new system, play it on the online system, maybe even get, you know, the full, like in The Witcher's case, it's like, release the full version of the game that's the version of all the season fast content at sixty dollars two or three years after that um as a remaster and people buy it because it's convenient and it's convenient for the publishers too oh, actually yeah. at, at e3 i'm gonna go to every game booth and just record myself saying like like switch port when don't do that that's bad behavior they're not gonna like that uh, <laughs> so so there's, just, there's... Make a big, just make like a long video of me doing that's that so for, mean like, there's um there's there's one more question i wanted to ask you guys about the um about the switch online service um all right and uh very very simple question um do you guys think that there will be some kind of a peripheral to come out that will attach to your switch and allow you to make a LAN connection because right now right now the switch is locked to wi-fi the reason i ask that is because i don't know if you guys saw the recent uh, switch peripheral that nintendo announced where you can you can finally charge your switch when it's undocked uh, on the kickstand. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Fi- finally, right? Yeah. The, you know, by the way, that that is going to be changed on the first uh, hardware review. I've like made my own switch charging stand with just my genius ingenuity and whatever playing around in my desk at the time, and I'm so glad that they're going to tilt this, you know, the stand just a little bit. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to criticize the companies, but man, I feel like that should have been there at the start because that, that's the first thing I tried to do when I had that dock was wanted to dock in and just play it and try to charge it and sit there. So yeah, that was that was a massive design oversight, and and so now we've got this peripheral coming out, and I'm wondering if you guys think that that Nintendo will uh, release some kind of a LAN, uh, some kind of a LAN add-on that will allow you to make a a physical connection uh, as opposed to I, just Wi-Fi when it's docked. You know I what don't I think do? so because the original Wii had that as well. It, it was 2000. Remember, their their online infrastructure was so much, especially Nintendo's online infrastructure was so much different back then. I still think that'll be an option that they give people. I don't think it'll be a okay. huge push for it, but it's it's not out of the realm of possibility because their last Wi-Fi only console got that as an add-on, and I remember grabbing it because I always prefer a tethered connection to a Wi-Fi one if it's possible. It's entirely possible. Um, go ahead, man. No, I was gonna say, just as a broadcaster, I've always preferred the, you know, the the hardline connection over the Wi-Fi connection. We've seen with mobile games that hardline connection isn't entirely always necessary, but it's one of those peripherals that it just always seems to come out because there's always a need for it. Or there's always someone always needs it, or someone will end up making it because it's just something that's useful. 
even if it's not an official Nintendo product, I can see Nyko coming out with it. Oh, sure. Yeah, don't use Nyko yeah, product. Don't don't use. I, I I don't know if you guys saw what's been happening with uh, those uh, those third party products and those, and bricking switches. But I I will I would not allow a third party, especially Nyko right now, because the products that are doing it. I would not allow a third party product within a hundred miles of my smitch or my, my smitch my switch right now. I told you this bourbon stout is is, is effective. That was was that the issue but, of like the voltage being off? Wasn't that what it was? So I switch? I'm not sure what it was, but I do know that these these third party docks, specifically the ones made by Nyko, but I, I know it's other other brands as well, are actually breaking people's switches. Nice. Um, it was nice. a big thing, and somebody's actually filed a class action lawsuit against Nyko for it. Um, I'm I'm going to agree with Ben here. Like I don't think Nintendo themselves is going to like release like an official like Lang camp like you know cable for that. But like I feel like a third party would. Oh God, stay far away from that. I don't. I, like, like 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 it, it would just be like a logical thing for Nintendo to release. But like just given Nintendo's like history of like online gaming, they're probably like yeah, like we don't really like need that. And then like you mean like, what you, what you mean to say is Nintendo's history of not doing things entirely logically. Are like they're like ten years. Are, are they like are they like ten years ahead of like one aspect, but they're like ten years behind on like five of five, yeah. five other like aspects that's of their classic. system. Classic. That's the curse of being a Nintendo fan, man. Um, we'll go ahead and yeah. move on. I feel like we've I, I feel like we've we've uh, we've we've talked enough about the uh, the you know Nintendo's online functionality. Unless there is a point that anybody else wants to bring up before we move on, I'm willing to hear it. Nobody? Okay, so um, I'm, I'm, I guess I guess the one thing I would want to be interested in, interested in because like you know like the Switch is like popular for like you know being able to like take it on the go and play games is like if you pay the twenty dollars a year and you have like this Netflix Netflix service of like Nintendo games or like remixes of Nintendo games aka Nintendo Remix which came out on 3DS and Wii U yada 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 like I would. I, that connection to play those games or if you can play them offline sorry you cut out for a minute did you say that you you're wondering if if they're gonna have us uh have to have a constant connection to have yeah a yeah because because if, if they're like saying like this is like netflix of games like do you need to be constantly be like you connected to the internet to... you, do you don't you is don't. that confirmed uh, yep you, you you do not need okay to be i didn't yeah i didn't know that was confirmed or not Okay. You do not need to be online to play the game. That's something that was interesting, too, is whether or not you need a constant connection to play the games. If it was, like, streaming, like, the Gaikai PlayStation Now, or if it was just, like, download, like, Xbox you're, Game of Gold kind of works. You're actually yeah, downloading yeah, then, games yeah, the, to your Switch. Okay. Yeah, then I, I don't understand why people were so, so upset then. Like, it was more like PSN Now. Like, I would actually understand, I guess. But yeah, like, like it, would suck, it would suck to pay for, like, uh, Donkey Kong or whatever super mario bros 3 and then like not be able to play it on a plane right yeah no yeah, so, like, yeah. so yeah so i actually read i um i read the kotaku article about it and you do not need to be online in order to actually play the classic any of the classic games which is good that's good. a fucking smart move by good. nintendo i'd be surprised like those games are not very big like file size so why would you need an internet yeah. connection to play final fantasy when you sense. probably could download it five minutes before getting on like you could, you could download that on airport wi-fi and probably get on the plane Seconds. with your game fine yeah. there's just yeah. they're not like 10 or 20 gigabyte games so yeah. it's kind of that's, that's right what i did play, that's why i did to play final fantasy tactics on the plane recently oh, so it works yeah so we'll All right, go, John, bring us on. So we'll go ahead and we'll move on to uh, E3 leaks. And not just discussing mm. the games that were leaked, but also discussing uh, the impact on developers. Uh, because if anybody has seen the uh, the Pete's from uh, from my boy Pete Hines today and uh, and some of the other Bethesda tweets, 
Um, people not too happy. Uh, so a uh, this was Walmart Canada, I believe it was. Uh, shout, shout out to Jeff. We sh- miss you, buddy. Thanks, Come back Jeff. on the show. <laughs> Jeff, we miss you. Uh, he'll he'll probably be back next week. Uh, so I didn't did, know the Dakota Pipeline was leaking games. This was, yeah, <laughs> Canada is good for a lot of stuff, and uh, and and leaking games apparently is is at the top of the list because uh, this uh, this leak came from Walmart Canada uh, and Wario sixty four actually on Twitter was the first one to bring attention to this. I'll go over some of the bigger titles that were leaked. You got uh, you've got Splinter Cell, um, Just Cause four, which why? Um, but okay, whatever. Uh, just Cause. I, I, just cause. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Dragon, Dragon, Dragon Quest Two, which is interesting, um, considering we're on Dragon Quest Eleven. Destiny Comet, which I am more than willing to bet is the fall expansion uh, for Destiny, uh, that's dropping sometime probably in September. Uh, Borderlands Three, and I want to remind everybody that uh, at PAX West uh, last year, uh, Randy Pitchford said that the majority staff of the studio was working on. The one thing that I think most of you guys want us to be working on, which clearly is that, you know, yeah, they're working on Borderlands 3. Not to be, confused, too. Not to be confused with Broaderlands 3 uh, by, by Randall Pitchfork, as, as you can see on the screen there. Um, yeah. I swear to God, you look like a young Randy Pitchford. It's weird. I, I don't That's understand. That's not exactly. a compliment. It's, he's a handsome man. What are you talking about? Um, he has me blocked on, on, on Twitter. I don't is, know why. Or he did he have me blocked. So That's weird. Uh, what, what did you do? What did you do to Randy? Randy's a nice guy. Randy's a uh, nice guy. What did you do? I, I don't know. I think, I think, no, 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 no. Actually, there was a um, there was a post on the old website, um, the NeoGaf, and I think I like made fun of him for like cheating on his like wife or something like that. Well, don't do that. Don't make fun of him for cheating. Come on, don't do that. Uh, Assassin's Creed. Um, who Assassin's but that one's Creed curious because these are all placeholder names. So is who that knows really about who knows about Assassin's is it Creed? A new one? Uh, I I would guess so. If it is a new one, just give me Feudal Japan and I'll be happy. I've been asking for it for years. It very well could be. Remember Assassin's Creed in between settings. Sometimes they do like a secondary game. They did Assassin's Creed Rogue uh, in between Black Flag and uh, Unity. So they keep the setting. <laughs> they use all the elements. It's probably it's in my name. I'm assuming the publisher is making it using a lot of the elements from the original game to make them a new game while they're building the next one. So I'm. I mean, I don't. I don't know any of that stuff because we don't know any of it. Like as yeah. we. 93, but like if I had to guess what an Assassin's Creed game would probably be, I maybe guess it's going to be a follow up to Origins, just kind of as like a side story or secondary story. I would, I would probably, I would probably think you're right. I think they're, I think they're done with mainline annual games. Um, so I, I, I think that's spot on. Probably some kind of expansion or DLC or, or, or like a probably. kind of like, kind of like how they did Brotherhood, you know, like Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and Assassin's Creed, mm. you know, yeah, whatever, you what? know, that the Ezio trilogy. I, I, I think you're probably on the money there. I would say it's even more of a half up the mat and not in a pejorative sense but more like uh blood and wine uh like witcher style where because because they can still use the same assets which means less you know what i mean and like not again not in a negative way but it allows them to continue using the same space without dedicating a ton of dev team while they work and what blood and wine showed us was that a large expansion could be sold digitally and also they did do a retail version of it i believe um yep. more of it but what it showed them was that you didn't necessarily have to release a brand new game and go through all that like hoops of jumping through making a whole new game. You could just make it as an expansion on your main game, uh, and kind of like how it used to be in 1998 when with like RPGs and stuff like that. But I'm inclined to believe it's not a true new one because if there's one thing Ubisoft learned from Origins was that 
taking it away from the annualized setup really benefited them. That was the best thing. Yeah, that was the best thing that series. As a fan, I'm a big fan of the series. I thought that was one of the best things they did. I was really happy. I love Assassin's Creed, but a little break to let them go and try new ideas and do new things with it was just what the doctor ordered. And it paid off in the scores. You'd see the review scores and the sales. It, yep. it earned it. What yeah. if it's what if it's the story of Bayek's wife setting up the Assassin's Bureau in Rome? Yeah, yeah it'd be great. Her character was uh, I mean I haven't finished the game I yet, but I always wanted more time with her on screen. Yeah, is that, is that a spoiler from the last Assassin's Creed game? No, I, 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 I mean at this point, you know, like oh, what, I mean what, I don't know. I don't. It's it very is. loose. I wouldn't yeah, worry about it. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Uh, what? Well, so so there's there, there's more that was leaked. Uh, Lego DC villains, uh, which sounds interesting. Rage two, which was. Uh, the uh, the the conversation du jour on on Twitter today that was trending today like I and I never thought we'd be living in a world where I could say hey Rage Two is trending on Twitter but but here here we are in 2018 uh, Forza Horizons Five which is curiously skipped Forza Horizons Forza Horizons Five which is yeah. is is currently that's it, it, skipping four. I don't know what happened to four skipping four um, Gears of War Five um, so. Okay, so, so so there's more, but those are the big ones I wanted to touch on. So right off the bat, um, we'll focus on Rage Two. I think is the crux of the conversation simply because that is Bethesda's I, reacted. It, yeah. So 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 uh, Pete Hines uh, and and the Bethesda account actually um, reacted on Twitter today, and they they were they weren't they did this they did all of this without denying any of it. They said they they were correcting uh, what was it grammar. And 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 they were correcting something about the tweets. No age rating. Yeah, form. right. Yeah, yeah it, it was a, it was a picture of the black box that Walmart posted as the placeholder image, and it just said Rage Two, and they like circled like wrong font, no yeah. ESRB rating, you know, no no key image art. It was very it was funny, um, you know. And then I think I, obviously I work with E three and on the social media account. So when I saw the Walmart news, I was just thinking like, well. It, it happened again this year. You know, we always, always have like some sort of news come out about the games that might be coming or maybe aren't. But what I always kind of think is to remember is that seeing is believing, and that even though you might see the name Rage Two, seeing what it actually looks like and what they're actually bringing and how it's going to play is much more fun than just seeing the name. I know some people really like just seeing like, oh, I know this game is going to be there, so it's going to be there. I like to be surprised, but I find that like even if something kind of gets spoiled. I still generally get kind of excited because we still haven't seen it. You still, it's just a name at that point. And it's cool to actually physically see it and know like it's real. This is, this is happening. Well, and, and that's the thing too, Reed, right? Is like, um, you know, Finn and I were streaming E3's spotlight uh, or, or, or sorry, uh, Nintendo's E3 spotlight last year. And somebody had told me, I won't say who it was, but somebody had told me Metroid Prime 4 is going to be announced at E3. And I didn't believe it. You know, I was like, no, no. Um, but then of course, you know, when the, you know, the Finn will tell you, you know, when, when the logo came on the screen, I was like, Whoa! and I was like, Oh, and nope. I'm, a, I'm a huge Metroid fan. And, um, you know, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like the, you know, it's, 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 it's like Christmas, like the anticipation of the thing is almost as fun and exciting as getting the thing. Right. It's um, like when your parents hint you might be getting what you asked for, for Christmas. It, it, exactly. Like, right. Oh, but I'm going to behave like, you know, but there's so. a, I think there's a flip side to it as well, and that's really what I wanted to focus on. So, so Pete Hines, I think probably so he tweeted out, "This is why we can't have nice things," and, and, and so I think we can. So, and so here's the thing: by doing that, 
not only in, in my mind, and you guys tell me if you disagree with me, not only in my mind did that confirm the existence of Rage 2, but it also probably validated the entire list um, yeah. of, of leaked games. Because if Rage 2 is real and it's on that list and it was leaked by Walmart Canada on that same list, then the rest of those games are probably accurate. Um, so my question is, and, and I got the sense that I got the sense that Pete was unhappy. Um, and there was he later a th- said he was he, he later said he was joking. Yeah, but but here's the thing: if he is unhappy, I think he has every right to be unhappy. I mean, I mean, developers yeah. and publisher developers, especially, they work hard on these games, and they are excited about showing them to people. And there was a post on Era that really hit home for me. And he said, it, and this was when people were theorizing that Pines were mad. And somebody said, "Well, Pete just needs to suck it up. This isn't for them; it's for us." And I was like, "What a." What a what a yeah. fucking attitude that is. You know, like 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 the people who make these games are just as excited about telling us about them as we are about seeing them and playing them. And for me, like leaks like this, like huge leaks like this are a massive double-edged sword because on one hand it's fun it's you know, we just said this, it's fun to know it's coming. It's fun to know that our excitement is validated, you know, and we're like, "Oh my god, this game I've wanted for so long is coming." But at the same time, I think we have to consider those developers who have been working on something like Rage 2 for probably years and were super excited about dropping it up because nobody would have expected Rage 2 of all things, yeah. you know? Like, I loved the first Rage and I never would have thought we'd gotten a sequel. Um, but 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 here we are and I can't help but feel sorry for the guys who worked so hard in this game only to have their their big moment kind of spoiled. I mean, so, I mean, I mean, I mean, I agree. I just wish you hadn't like been like sarcastically like rude to someone, been like, "Well, why don't you check your Magic Eight Ball or some shit?" Like, oh, from he's... Walmart Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, I don't know. I don't know. It just it came off as dickish to me. Like, I get it. You're upset that like this product you've been like co- like like basically co-designed and you're or like you're in charge of got like leaked. But like, don't take it out on people on Twitter or, or you know try like come off as rude because like it's not the it's not their faults at oh, all. But Jay, like, did you even see how the guy he responded? Who responded? No, I I didn't actually. I think he knew that guy because the other guy like was in on the joke and laughed along with it. I don't think. Oh, okay, and then I mean like that's 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 cool. Internet I mean, humor is hard to pick up on, right? Like it's hard to tell if he's being a dick or just, like. I mean, like yeah, it's hard to tell. But if here's he's the thing: I don't not, I don't right? think I don't think he was I don't think he's being a dick. Like as as, I, as I either. Just I, because I mean, even based on the fact that he's just not in general, it's not like you know other developers that we know have a history of acting that way. Well, so. yeah, well, not only that, but I, but I don't even think it's, you can't even say it's acting that way. Like, Mitty pointed out in chat, she's absolutely right. She said, Pete Hines is VP of marketing for Bethesda. I would be pissed if my game, if my company's game leaked. I would, sure. I, I would be too, you know, like, like. But I, I mean, there's a lot, a lot goes into presenting these games to gamers. A lot of hiding it, a lot of NDAs. Uh, hundreds, thousands of hours of developer time and working over, you know, like time away from families building these games. So you want to be able to walk into a show like E3, which is known for debuting the biggest games and stuff, and be able to plant your flag and walk out of that week as one of the biggest games of the week. And if it gets leaked beforehand, I I don't know if it severely impacts your ability to do that, but it takes away that shock moment or that stunning moment that goes, like, I'll never forget the last Guardian being announced at the Sony press conference. We, every year, gamers just would assume it would come and it wouldn't come. And then the year it did come, it was worth it. It was a lot of fun to see that moment happen. And that's what every publisher wants is that moment. They want to have that moment happen. So to have it leaked ahead of time 
you know, it's, it kind of goes back to seeing as believing. It's like, you, you know, I'd say like the, the way I'd circle back to marketing speak is like, okay, well, you know, the, the title may or may not be out there, but what we can do is make sure that, you know, when we do show it, it's really going to blow people away or we know we've got a trailer confident enough that name alone is enough to get them peaked. It's really what you're going to see that makes it more exciting. And I, I think, you know, for a guy like Pete, yeah, it sucks. You've been working so hard on getting this ready. You've kept it secret for years. They, I mean, I wonder how long they started working on Rage 2. And then you're here, what, three, four weeks out from E3, a month out from E3, and just Walmart Canada like that puts a list of games up that may or may not be true. That's a little frustrating, but, you know, you got to you know, kind of take the punches where you go from there. And I think that because they had some fun with it. And I like that. Because rather than sit there and deny it or confirm it or play the we're going to stonewall and not talk to you about it, they had fun with it. And also, it was in fun in the way of rage as humor. Like, this is yeah. how rage the game would respond to this. This is how Bethesda would respond to this. It was very in kind with their brand and who they are. And so, I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, I, I think it's still going to be a game we're going to line up for hours and talk about and like love to see. Um, but yeah, that little shock, that stun moment uh, that you build up for, it, it's really sweet when you get it. And so I really wish we didn't have the leaks that happened because those moments are so much fun at E3. What, and they're so much fun to see like chat go wild on and people in their crowd go wild for. Wait, so uh, I think Rage is, is kind of in an interesting position uh, compared to some of the other games on the list. And again, I don't think anyone except for Bethesda has addressed these leaks in any official capacity. But what I think is interesting about Rage is that Rage is kind of a middling experience. It's uh, in tech's kind of shaky game uh, that that kind of capped off last gen for them. And like, if if I was sitting, you know, Sunday night at, at E3 and 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 Bethesda announced that game, you come into it with the baggage of oh, but the original game wasn't that good, or or is a middling game, or wasn't an incredible game. But now we've got a whole month to accept. Hey, this game is real. They started to tease uh, the date 514 and two promotional images today, which suggests Monday we'll probably hear more about the game. Um, so we have a month to joke about the game's existence. And that also allows Bethesda to come out on stage on, on that Sunday night and show a game that instead of us walking out saying, I can't believe Rage 2 is a thing, we can say, I can't believe how fucking cool Rage 2 is. Yes. And, and that's a unique uh, position, right? Because, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Microsoft's going to come out there and probably talk about some Gears of War, probably going to talk about Forza. But those games don't have the baggage that Rage does. So I think this is a unique position for them. And, and like everything's Reed said is like, it is such a pleasure for somebody who can appreciate communications and marketing to watch it happen, to watch the way uh, um, Bethesda and, and, and ID have, have worked together to make these really effective social pushes this week that like touch on the tone of Rage, but also are like lighthearted and, and kind of like push that edgy attitude that Bethesda has adopted um, since, you know, Wolfenstein 2's marketing gets... It's so on brand. Uh, they're nailing it. Uh, but again, like, there are people who are bummed, right? Um, I also think Bethesda uh, has to be a little bummed out because everybody thinks they know what Bethesda's working on, and then they come out and it's like, we may or may not be working on Rage 2. You guys think, it's like everyone thinks they're working on Elder Scrolls or, you know, what um, the, the space game that people have been hinting at for a couple months and years now. So everyone's expecting, like, a league is going to see that. And then you see Rage 2, and I feel like they kind of go, like, oh, that's equal to some of that surprise because there is a little surprise in misdirecting your audience a bit, too. And now that misdirection's gone. So, I mean, you know, I some mean, of the bigger surprises may not be have that build-up of we just got Rage, 
and we got X, Y, and Z, it's that, okay, we know we're going to see that. And so I can see where there can be a little frustration there. But I also think you're absolutely right that you get a month to like be like, this game is coming. If you didn't like the first one, you can go play it. Or if you never play it, you can go play it, get familiar with it. And then suddenly that debut at E3 is much more impactful for you. Yep. Well, and, and keep I, in mind, I, I, like, oh, go ahead, Jay. Sorry. I feel like this time for, I feel like, like, I don't know, like, I feel like the leak might help Bethesda out a little bit because I don't know if people remember, like, when they, like, unveiled, like, the first Rage. It was supposed to be, like, the second coming. It was supposed to be, like, their next Doom. And, like, I had all this expectation on it. And it, like, I think it's why people don't like it because, like, it didn't live up to all that hype. Yeah. And, like, ever since then, like, you know, they've released, like, Doom, you know, the reboot of Doom or whatever. And they've released, like, Wolfenstein. And they've kind of, like, gotten themselves, like, back to the top. So, like, I feel like people trust them more. Like, I don't, I don't feel like Rage 2 is going to have, like, the impact, like, the cultural impact, like, the first one, you know, could have had or, you know. Like, I remember going to the minute I released for Rage 1, and it was, like, packed because, you know, everyone was just, like, stoked for it. Like, I mean, like, you know, everyone's like, wow, like, the like the true, like, first-person shooter is, like, back, you know, because, you know, at that point, like, it was just a bunch of, like, military shooters. I mean, Rage so, like, was I, fantastic. That's true, yeah. That was, that Rage came right at the end of, like, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare run where everyone had a military shooter. Yeah, like, 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 I remember what was the, what was what was the first Wolfenstein that came out on next gen consoles? Not New Colossus, but it was like the the World Order or the oh, next yeah, Order? Uh, yeah, the New Order. Yeah, 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 the New Order. Yeah, like, 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 I, I feel like I feel I feel like what that game ended up being is like what people wanted out of the first Rage. And mm-hmm. it's like I, so I feel like Bethesda's got this like confidence back. They're like, hell yeah, like we we can do this. And like, I'm curious I, if Machine Games is working on it because they're the ones who've been working on Wolfenstein. They worked on Doom. They made yeah. some shooters they just know how to make an action game um in their hands yes yeah but yeah i I feel this leak might help i might just like people are probably not gonna be like oh fuck like i remember rage like that game that lived to my expectations like okay cool like rage 2 is probably gonna be announced at e3 like that's totally awesome you know what like they've released some great first person shooters so like i'm not too worried about it well that's the thing right is that like if if machine games is working on it i have no concerns about about a rage 2 and i this is i'm somebody who loved the first rage um you know so i i actually i couldn't be more excited about it so let me ask yeah, you guys, I, I, I like i like the first rage a lot let me ask way. you guys this do you think do you guys think that if that leak hadn't dropped we would be getting some kind of a reveal on on may 14th do you think yes. all those tweets today would have happened or do you think yeah. do, do you think this is a reaction to the leak they're like well screw I think it it's a rea- i think it might be a reaction and i'm just speaking um on my own terms and not on any hours of like esa or e3 but i just know that bethesda has a history of waiting until about like a week out from E3 to throw up a Twitch stream with a countdown image for 24 hours. And then they play a trailer for the, they did this for Fallout 4. Everyone was waiting for the Fallout 4 E3 reveal. They actually revealed the first like teaser trailer a week before E3 and then walked into E3 and were one of the most talked about games coming out that week. Because I know, because I watch all my social stats of who's talking about what games. And it was impressive because that's a really smart way to do it is the week after E3 drop some sort of teaser of something big is coming and get everyone's attention like a week out before someone else can maybe take your attention. And so I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they had this plan for end of the month or beginning of June. And then this came out and they're just like, okay, we got to go because it's we want to drop wanna it now. Spend a month saying, no, we want to be spending a month promoting, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I, I was going to say that I think it's always been planned, but I guess I guess Reed makes a good point because the reason I, I assumed that it was right was I was looking at the post and I was thinking about 
if it's a single guy, it's really easy to make a, a social marketing thing. But I'm thinking of the bureaucracy of working through a developer and then working through a publisher to create stuff. But I also think that they probably had a plan of like, they, they shared an image of a rocket ship with 514 on it. And they also shared the clock. But there's no reason that clock didn't say, you know, six, you know, whatever, six, mm-hmm. five. Yeah, exactly. And, and like changing the dates on, on a planned social post is easy. It's it's the design. So, yeah, I, I absolutely think they were going to announce it beforehand. But but uh, Reed's absolutely right. They, they could have bumped that date a little bit sooner. It could have been whatever. And, you know. Sure. So, it, I mean, but I, I just, in their history of how Bethesda and how other companies like to handle their pre-E3 announcements, it's not uncommon to see week out like teasers, which then set the stage for like, it's almost good to have an appetite letter for like, you know, you're getting what you want in your press conference, but there's also so much more. And so that's kind of why I've seen them see some companies do that. So uh, a question in chat is that, so is that definitely rage two related? I think uh, referring to the tweets. Yeah. I, I think, I think they're probably related to rage two. Oh um, yeah. The, the purple, the, well, so if you like the, the, the hex code for the pink is matching the same hex code uh for uh uh it's like joke on the box art yeah. and like that's that's just good marketing is to match your hex code for your pinks so yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's the same i think it's clearly rage too and there was one more of those leaks i wanted to address and i actually was hoping zach would address it is gears 5 uh, uh oh. zach you don't think this is a mainline gears title no i i don't and like I, you guys know me i'm a big gears of war fan um but uh, I, I don't think it's a mainline thing. Uh, there have been a lot of rumors about what the Coalition's up to. I, I think Coalition, uh, who, for those who don't know, are the, the main house that makes Gears. Uh, a lot of rumors uh, have pointed at them working on a, a Project Dark, uh, a Perfect Dark uh, reboot. I've heard those rumors, too. Um, and I don't think they're going to mainline it, but I think they're working pretty hard. But I actually think Splash Damage, who helped out significantly uh, with, with um, Gears 4, will probably be helming this one. That's uh, backed up by some job listings we saw from Splash Damage over the last, uh, you know, 12 months or so. I don't expect this to be Gears 5. I don't think it'll be a mainline installment. Um, you think I, it'll I have, think, like, a subtitle, like Gears of War or whatever? It'll like, be, I, like, I like think judgment, that you could expect or... it to be, yes, similar to Judgment. Um, and this isn't, this is, I don't I don't have much more information than that. I just, I wouldn't expect a mainline installment within two years. I think you're going to see similar assets being reused, uh, smaller a smaller scale title. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. We'll see. Um, did, did anybody notice, and this will be the last question I ask about it, did anybody notice any glaring emissions from this league? Oh, we, we, we didn't talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake for being for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Oh, that's mm-hmm. true. That's right. Yeah, it was listed in most skews. We always knew it was coming. I mean, we, knew, we just knew it was coming to PlayStation first. Yeah. yeah, so... Yeah, so I, I felt that was kind of like, okay, like maybe Square hasn't given up on the Xbox after all. Well, um, they never do on their main games, yeah. Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy Fifteen. Speaking of Kingdom Hearts, um, uh, we did not see Kingdom Hearts yeah. 3. Never, on this never mind. That's because... I don't know. I we know we did not see Halo. There was no Halo 6, um, which Halo 6 has been rumored for a while now, but there was no Halo 6. Um, no crackdown. No most, crackdown. Most of these were third-party games. Like they were very. Like, I, I feel like yeah, you could almost point. guess Microsoft because they're you, you're you're going to get a Forza Motorsport yeah. or a Forza Horizon. Um, that's kind of they they've kind of been rotating those two, so you could kind of guess that. And Gears is one of those titles. I feel like it's not uncommon because I used to work at GameStop when I was in college, and they would literally just throw SKUs into the system ahead of E3 because they were predicting that maybe this is going to happen and we'd have some sort of SKU for us to take reservations or pre-orders right away. So I wouldn't be surprised if you've just seen, uh, like, I, that's why I was a little surprised when I saw the list. It was a lot of third-party games and not a lot of first-party, but then you saw the Microsoft first-party 
uh, things. I was wondering if those were placeholders or just guesses by Walmart staff knowing that E3 is coming up and these are kind of the rotational games that you see on the Xbox calendar. So, you know, well, that's the thing is, oh, go ahead. No, Jack. no, no, Zach, please. I was just going to say, like, you have to wonder if other devs are kind of cooking Bethesda right now because because some of those, like like you're saying, Reed, are kind of feel like shot in the dark guesses. If Bethesda hadn't, like, Bethesda acknowledging it positively kind of adds credence to the whole list. The whole list being, being yeah. accurate, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I, but, so, 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 so I, I want to ask this question real, real, real quick, Zach. What do you guys think about Forza Horizons, F- Horizons 5? Um, I, I, I think I think I think we'll see Horizon Four this year. I think I still think they're announcing new spinoff this year. Do you think this like, is a mistake? Like, like, do you think the nomenclature is just wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, just I, the wrong number. I, I, it's just a mistake. I, yeah. I, I do I do think Four will be announced this year, and you know it'll come out this year. Okay, that makes Wait, sense. better have Hot Wheels because that was my favorite expansion. My goodness, that was fun. Was so good, so good. I don't like the Hot Wheels expansion all that much. I mean, uh, best, I mean everybody, taste, I everybody knows the best racing franchise is the Mario Kart series. So not a fucking it's not a fucking racing it's game. It's a racing game. It's a racing no, no, it's, game. It's, 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 it's like an arcade kart racing game. No, it's a racing game. It's got no, carts and phrase racing game. Four wheels and a track and a fucking finish Wait, line. On four wheels? I thought motorcycles can race too. They can. So so it's got carts with four wheels and motorcycles with two wheels. There's a racetrack, there's a finish line. Guys, they're racing games. The kart games are ra- Mario Kart is racing and I I I, I I don't know. Bullshit. We had this debate on Twitter yesterday, and like Zach was saying that GTA Five was in, was in the same category that as Mario Kart. So which did not make sense at all. And that's when I, that's like when I left the conversation. I was like, I mean, if it's not doing real time tessellation like Gran Turismo can do, I guess it's not a racing game because that's what makes racing games. Is how yeah. Oh, they are. No, no, I like I like for my cars to look like real cars, but for them to sound like um, microwaves. I want to drive cars I can never drive in real life. To pretend I have enough credits for them. I want. Yeah. I, I like my. I like my race cars to be driven by short little Italian plumbers. That's that's the kind of racing games I like. You, you don't um, play Donkey Kong or like or gorillas. I like my cars being driven by gorillas okay, as well. Although, actually, I'm a I'm a dry bones guy. I'm. When I'm playing Mario Kart, I'm a dry bones guy. <laughs> Not gonna touch that. Not gonna touch <laughs> that. So anyway, we'll go ahead and um, I think we've covered everything we needed to cover. Um, I'll just uh, I'll, I'll drop a few um, uh, a few tidbits here in chat uh, before we leave. Uh, so we've got another guest lined up next week. Uh, Tanya DePass from uh, from uh, I Need Diverse Games is going to be here next week. Uh, I went to a few panels of hers at PAX, uh, and she's she's a really really cool person. She had a lot of interesting things to say. So she will be here next week. Um, again, E three is coming up quickly. We'll be there for the first time. So uh, that'll be Zach Finn and Jay. So please look forward to that. Um, we've got some more guests, uh, that we met at PAX, uh, coming on the show. We've got the developer of, uh, Codevein coming on in a couple weeks. Uh, so that's going to be really cool. Please look forward to that. Um, Jake Baldino from Game Ranks is still coming on. It's just a matter of him being able to clear his schedule to get here. Uh, but I've, I've talked with him and I've also talked with Tom Johnson, uh, and, and he will be on just, just a matter of getting, uh, working out a date. Uh, but, um. Reed, dude, thank you so much for uh, for joining us again, man. Dude, it was awesome to have you on, man. You really contributed to the conversation, and uh, um, dude, well, thanks for having me. And you know, I just it's my favorite time of year. Uh, I've been getting to work on E3. This will be my sixth time uh, getting to go out there. And I remember being in high school and reading about it in EGM in May in the May and June issues. And I remember growing up with uh, 
Jeff Keeley kind of being one of the journalists that was there. And now I'm actually emailing with him about some of the E3 Coliseum panels so and cool. things we're doing the announcements. And it's just uh, every now and then, like when I, was a, when I was a hockey reporter, I never really took the moment to stop and be like, wow, you're standing in front of, you know, the Capitals locker room and Alex Ovechkin and interviewing these guys and you're only 20 something years old. Um, I definitely learned a lot of lesson from that. And when I'm at E3, I always take a moment to stop and just kind of realize that I get to be part of an industry I love and a part of a big part, like a really big part of it. And I love talking about it. So I can't wait to see you guys out there at E3. I can't wait you guys to see the show we got this year. It's going to be fantastic, yeah. man. We're really looking forward to it, dude. And um, I can't wait. Um, and the rest of us, of course, uh, myself included, will be back here uh, at the Homestead uh, live streaming every, every one of the conferences. That's Nintendo, uh, Sony, and Microsoft. Uh, and then we'll have Zach, Finn, and Jay uh, on the ground providing uh, feedback that they see there. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, if nobody has anything else to add, um, this has been episode 112 of SDGC. As always, guys, it's not always poetry, and we don't always agree, but we always keep it real. So until next week, and yes, Mitty, you do need to follow Reed on Twitter. Um, uh, Reed, why don't you throw out your, your uh, can you uh, mention your Twitter handle real quick? For yeah, uh, so my Twitter handle is at Reed Sauber, so it's just R-E-E-D-S-A-L-B-E-R-S -E -E and uh, come for the video games, stay for the hockey if you can stand it. <laughs> oh, the Capitals. Anyway, guys. Um, oh, bolts. Oh, my God. Oh, the bolts. We will. Mm, Southeast <laughs> Division rival. The old Southeast Division. I, I watched my first hockey game because I live in Tampa now and uh, I have to pretend to care or I get mobbed. It's ironic that you moved to Florida and you're just now watching hockey. <laughs> That's where everyone goes to watch hockey, I guess. So, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Anyway, everyone's down there. <laughs> well, we had the more grass. Yeah, that was cool. Alright, alright. Everybody take care of each other in chat. We'll see you guys back here next week. Thanks for having me, guys.